0614-104-2006. But this is how we're going to start the show. Okay, so studies are showing that there is something else that we can help our young learners in school with regards to the dismal results uh, that we keep hearing about, about the number of young grade four learners that are not able to read for meaning. And so there are little things that um, people are looking at, all sorts of studies people are looking at to try and find out what would be the thing that we'd need to unlock to try and get that off the road, to try and make sure that young South Africans are able to read for meaning. And you'll be surprised it's not only about resources as in books and so on. It's something I thought was really interesting. So on the line with us is Dr. Helene Hofmeyer, who's a post-doctoral research fellow at Stellenbosch University, who's who's put this together. Uh, thank you so much for your time, Dr. Hofmeyer. Good afternoon. Hi, Pamela. Thank you so much for having me. So I'm curious, when, when you were conducting studies as to what it is that it would take for young people within all kinds of circumstances, poverty and all, what it is that it would take for them to get over this massive hurdle of not being able to read, where did you start with the study? Right. Thank you so much for the question. Um, so really my interest in, in looking at, uh, I like so much how you say, there's something else. Mm. You know, apart from just the physical resources in schools, um, my interest began, I think I started my research journey kind of looking at the, the more structural inequalities in the education system. And I think for many people who are working in the system or interacting with it in some way, it, it becomes overwhelming. Um, just as you said, the, the very dismal outcomes that, that our education system produces. Um, and so I started to look at the literature on interventions, you know, elsewhere in the world and, and looking at what perhaps are, are they doing differently that perhaps we as a country could try to tap into. Mm. Um, and it became very clear as I started doing this research that it was more and more studies are showing that what they call uh, social-emotional skills, mm-hmm. uh, which is quite a mouthful, but mm-hmm. really it's about these like, character skills like perseverance. And in my study, I looked specifically at the construct of grit. Mm-hmm. These softer skills um, that really are quite important in the learning process. Um, um, it made perfect sense to me. Where, where okay. I was a little bit stuck, and, and help me out in, in understanding yeah. and, and, and unpacking the study, is that what the number of children who are, for instance, running, running, literally running households, with the number of children who are surviving on almost absolutely nothing from home, who sometimes have to walk long distances to get to school, one would automatically assume that must kind of, you know, uh, create some sort of grit or form some sort of, um, you know, uh, ability to withstand a lot of difficult but that's not translating to the ability to read. Yes, that's uh, that's a very interesting point that you bring up. And unfortunately, um, we don't, I think the international community or or other people uh, working in similar contexts to South Africa are trying to grapple with this question. You know, there are certain things that growing up in poverty um, makes you resilient. Um, um, And the examples you mentioned are, are so apt um, and we don't yet understand why um, do those skills um, not translate into being um, more resilient academically 
or um, developing skills, basic foundational skills like literacy or numeracy. Is it that while we look at grit, we also look at um, things that are practical, maybe just allocation of time, maybe that's it. Maybe they just don't have enough time to sit and actually read while they have to fend for their families, walk long distances and so on. Could it be that one of the reasons? Look, um, my research um, didn't look at that specifically, mm. Mm. Um, so I really can't comment on that. But I think the important uh, message that, that comes from the evidence that I present is precisely this, that there is something that at present uh, is not part of the, the education debate um, and things that, that policymakers are, are looking at, which is um, these soft skills. And the international evidence shows that, that they, they really matter. Um, and that interventions that target social emotional skills are some of or the most effective um, in terms of raising learning outcomes. Um, and so it was just really important for me, uh, reading all this evidence from rich countries, which you know uh, most scientific evidence is, is dominated by evidence from rich countries, to ask the question of do we see a similar um, association in a context like South Africa? Um, because if we do, then that holds a lot of promise for, if we look at the interventions that have happened internationally, um, perhaps translating some of those learning gains um, into our own context. Do, do you go as far as analyzing what it would take to then unlock it? So if the potential exists, how do we then unlock that potential? Well, precisely. No, that's um, a very good question. And there's a lot of um, research currently that, that tries to do exactly that. And uh, there's also a number or a few interventions I know of in South Africa mm-hmm. um, where people are slowly, and, and I think it's one of those things that maybe people don't um, articulate even at mm-hmm. the you know, mentoring program, mm-hmm. or a lot of them are based on or try and target these skills, um, like perseverance. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was. It really just is an effort to 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 bring these um, skills into the education policy and and practice um, discussion in South Africa, and I think um, to show what 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 promise there is. So, let's talk about those who teach the yes. reading. So it's all good and well for the student to have grit, that stamina. Would we not? need to have it also with the teacher? Oh, absolutely. Um, so most interventions that, that aim to target things like grit um, start with teachers. And one of the, the most effective ways of, of starting to um, foster these skills in, in children is for the teachers themselves mm. to start developing things like a grown, growth mindset. Um, I'm not sure about you, but I'm sure I've, I've had the experience you know, of the teacher having a fixed mindset of going, oh, no, this child is not good at mm, math mm, or is never going to um, finish matric or go to university. Mm. Um, and so it really starts just um, believing, um, because this is what the, the mirror science of research you know, our brains are plastic. And um, so there's a lot of I'm going to do with Dr. Hoffman. I'm, I'm going to ask Mutloka to sort out that line while we take this call because I think you're moving a little bit. Uh, Tabo is calling us from Tabanchu. Good afternoon, Tabo. Hi. 
I think it's a very interesting topic there from your guest, uh, and uh, it's something that is very close to my heart because yes. I work with the young people myself in uh, Tabanchu, mm. especially in the rural areas. But I, I think something that is very much um, supports the theory that, you know, your background also plays a very important uh, role mm. in terms of what you end up becoming as a person or whether your performance mm. academically, you know, is that a level that is required or not. I mean, we, we've seen it a lot. I mean, you find people coming from township schools or even rural schools who, when they go to varsity, they compete with youngsters who have been to private schools. Mm, mm. And most of them end up actually doing very well and mm. excelling, mm. you know. Mm. And you wouldn't expect something like that from somebody because the assumption is that the education in township and rural schools is inferior mm. compared to private schools, you know, your great colleges and so on. Mm. And I, I might, you know, I tend to be corrected or I might be wrong uh, to say that even some of the people that go to private schools, it, it's not an automatic um it's not a given that if you've been to a private school, you'll do well academically absolutely and professionally. Not. No, uh, absolutely and, not. Yeah, and, and, and you, we've seen it with so many things. And it brings us to a point of how then, what criteria do we use to assess and evaluate people's uh, talents and skills, mm. you know, scholastically and otherwise? Because that also disadvantages people coming from you know, from rural schools and township schools, mm. just because you, you can't speak English in a particular way, mm. you are assumed to be incompetent. And it's not true. Mm. I mean, I've, I come from rural schools and township schools, mm. and I've went all the way to the highest level in education. Mm. So really, we need to interrogate this uh, criteria and uh, assessment platform that is being used to evaluate everyone. Excellent call. Thank you so much. Yeah. Uh, Tabo. All right. Thank you. Thank Dr. you, Doctor Hoffman. What what we've seen though in in a lot of um, these interventions is that a lot of what we see as interventions are methods that have been imported. Is that not part of the problem that we we have not necessarily developed interventions? that intrinsically deal with the specific type of a South African child. Because as you translate and import what it is that works overseas, it may not, as you said, respond to that child because the different softer skills are different and the environments are very different. Dr. Can you hear me? Yes, now I can. Thank you. Hi. Yeah. No, absolutely. That is such a good point. And that is exactly why... Um, I was interested in doing this research um, because, it, like, like you said, many interventions are informed by evidence from rich countries mm. um, where we know the context, home background context, and schooling context look very, very different. Mm. So that really informed my research question um, because, and, and, and with the hope then of being able to, before kind of jumping on the bandwagon, um, as I think a lot of us, um, like to do when we get enthusiastic about evidence that we read um, to go, you know, do we see the same association in South Africa? Um, and let that be a starting point um, for designing interventions that are more catered to our context instead of just importing um, from, from, from richer countries. I'm going to ask that, you know, having having worked with what you've already, you know, worked with, I mean, I know it's a starting point, but it's a very, very good starting point. Have you engaged with, with other, you know, academics as well in education and what are their thoughts? <laughs> That's a very good question. Um, 
it's one of those things that I think for, um, as, as the caller also said, and I think for a lot of people, it's so intuitive. You know, of course, if it matters, of course, it's not just everyone in the same school or in the same class is going to achieve the same results. Um, so I think the, the first reaction is always, yeah, we always knew this. You know, why is this new? Mm. Um, and I think to say it's new because now we have evidence um, large-scale evidence, which is new. Um, and secondly, of course, you 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 have um, people who would say, you know, this this doesn't address the systemic inequality um, in our education system, which is which is absolutely I take that point fully. Um, and, and in no way does this research. Yeah, it's not. There's no competition there. So th- that's yeah. a different issue completely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And this is a completely different issue. But what it does do is that perhaps we could do more in character development. Precisely. Um, and and that's something that we can definitely improve on. Aisha is calling from Uppington. Good afternoon, Aisha. Good afternoon, Pamela. Did you miss me? I did. I did. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome, Aisha. I did miss you. Man, me being so rich, I can't afford it. I'm gonna call you. <laughs> just, just, Aisha, just send us a little note on WhatsApp. I promise you, we'll call you back. Okay. Listen, let me tell that lady that that you got the something mm. about the reading and the writing. Mm. Hello. Yes. Yes. Go ahead. Are you listening? We are listening, Aisha. Okay. Look, um, doctor, I didn't catch your name. It's Hoffmeyer. Dr. Hoffmeyer, this is about the epistemology of teaching. We are using the colonial system of rewarding winners, right? You're never going to get our children to learn like that. You You must praise the slow one. That is what you do. Isn't that the biggest debate that's going on right now, Dr. Hoffmeyer and yourself, Aisha? I'm hearing a lot of people weighing in on that subject saying, yes, go ahead and praise the the slow one. You're not going to get anything out of these children. They're going to come out being losers. Isn't that the biggest debate right now in academia? Um, Whether it's the biggest debate, I, I can't say. But there's definitely a lot of people who are arguing for teaching at the right level, um, which is a major movement in education research at the moment, to say, um, you know, within a given classroom, there's going to be children with, with differing abilities. Can you hear me? Yes, go ahead. Yes, yes. Sorry, this line. Um, and yes, absolutely. And I think as, a, as an, a practitioner in education, the temptation is to just, teach to the winners, mm. um, as the caller said. Mm. Um, but the idea really is, and, and I like the thing about <laughs> praising mm. um, the, the learners who, who don't um, manage to, to, to catch the, the things in the curriculum at the first try. Mm. Um, and that's one of the recommendations in my paper is to praise effort, mm. not talent. Mm. Um, exactly. There you go, go. <laughs> That's what I'm talking about, right? <laughs> but it is more than that. It is more than just praising the, the, the child. It's about us revamping the entire system on how we teach. Mm-hmm. So there needs to be focused on teaching. The, the, 
methodology of the teachers is what will give us the success. Mm. But then you have to go to the African epistemology for that. So this, this is very simple. Okay. Thank you, Aisha. Thanks. I I thought you were going to go ahead. Thanks very, very much for that, Aisha, in Uppington. Uh, Yes, we did miss you, Aisha. Vuyo is in East London. Good afternoon, Vuyo. Good afternoon, Pamela. You know, I listen all the time to the advices coming from academics. My belief is having been born in a township, Google to Cape Town, having grown to that, and I've been in the engineering field for more than 33 years, we need to simplify things for students. All this sophistication is not helpful. What helped me what to simplify and do things for myself for students? I still don't understand why there are students who get less than 40% in math. Math is a simple subject, but you need to simplify things. Forget about academia, forget about research, just do the little basic simple things and you will succeed beyond the expectations. For instance, I failed in math standard eight. I got a G, failed it totally. But manage in metrics to get a C higher grade. How do you do that? By simply taking the book, reading, doing examples, practicing, very simple. No sophistication, no electricity, no computers, just a simple that everybody should be able to do. I think that is the best thing. Just simplify things, use the old tools that people like Isaac Newton during the 13th century were using. Forget about this education. It's just confusing you. For instance, I started using calculator and metric. But we do not rubbish research because what research has just done is to confirm exactly what you said you did and articulate it to policymakers so that we can appreciate what you did. So research goes a long way in saying there is a voyo and there are many voyos and perhaps there is policy to accommodate a voyo. All I was saying is I've read many academic research on student failure. Maybe there is an exception, I don't disagree. But most of those I've seen, they just seem not to be usable for the type of student who's struggling. That is my biggest problem. If there is one that actually does it, thank you, that is great. But I think that's all we need to do. Thank you. Thanks for your in East London. Sure. I mean, your comments there, uh, Dr. Hafmeyer? <laughs> my comments on the importance of research. Look, I think it's... Um, Without the without without the research, you are, you know, we are we are left to people's opinions, mm-hmm. um, and that line is not playing very nicely with us. But that is Dr. Helene Hofmeyer. I promise you, we'll try and get another conversation with her at another time. We do apologise for that, and we've been struggling quite a bit again uh, today. So I don't know. We'll try and sort out our lines there. She is Dr. Helene Hofmeyer, postdoctoral uh, research fellow at Stellenbosch University. And really, what she has gone out and done is to 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 prove that grit, perhaps grit is one of the most important characteristics a child could have in managing some of the academic difficulties that we are seeing. Um, And she pointed to, for instance, grade fours not being able to to read for learning and and how it is that we can take that, that understanding and applying it in in spaces where maybe uh, there are children with that advantage, where, yes, it's not ideal, 
but they may have a, a characteristic that we must unlock because we now know its potential. We are able to unlock it for, for the children and schools benefit. So I think that's very, very important. And what we'll do is that we will put that up on our social media platform so that you are able to read that research output yourselves. And then, of course, make your call from that. Uh, 1.30, let's go to um, Anne Musa for the very latest in SABC News headlines.